Hello and welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast. The show, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm the host. Well, it, it's a podcast, but it's also live, right? Uh, so, right. Um, I, 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 we'll, we'll do something. Uh, I'm Greg Mahachko. I'm your host. Uh, joined, as always, the founder, the fearless leader, our, our spiritual Sherpa, uh, John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I, I, am, I am double plus good. Double plus good. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. <sighs> Is that good. like I, it? Know, I'm good. I'm, everything's going well. You know, it's, uh, there's been good things happening. I feel like double plus good is your like better business bureau rating. Well, it's the 1984, you know, the, that's from 1984. The book. Right. You know, George Orwell. Yeah, yeah, that's who wrote it. I, I know a few things about a few things, John. <laughs> okay. Look at this damn thing. I just want you all to know that watch these shows that I literally now replaced every single piece of equipment I used. I'm still trying to get my audio correct. I'm trying to get my video correct. I had literally went out last weekend and bought a Mac studio for $2,400. And I still haven't figured out how to set the freaking camera so it doesn't go in and out, you know, we're for manual focus. So we're going to, I'm going to, this is going to drive me nuts all night. We should go, some of, Will Fiddle says, some of us read, yes, LOL, wow. I know, okay. I, that was kind of nasty of me, wasn't it? It was kind of rude. It yeah. was very elitist. Con, it was con, It was condescending. That's what and, it was. and condescending, yeah. Yeah, it was condescending. But you can't condescend unless you think you're better than everybody else. So no, I just, I just, I don't know why you said how am I doing, and I just had, I thought I'm doing pretty well, but I had to say something clever. Greg, Greg is not, Greg is not doing as well as I am, though. I, I have been coughing, uh, for a week, so. That's not good. I mean, I don't get better, right? Like it has to. I Not don't really? have COVID. I don't have COVID. Uh, it's just, it, it's, you know, my wife, she's a nurse practitioner. She's like, your lungs sound good, but it's all, it's all like here, right? It's, it's in, it's in the upper respiratory it, gunk. I don't know. I feel better when I hock a loogie. Okay. So what do we got going on, Greg? What's going on we- in the world? I switched my camera back to the old webcam, so. We'll turn the bright lights. I don't know what I'm doing. We should just John? let's start. Let's start over. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new Five Heart Show live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and in your hearts, and in your eyeballs, and on your phones. I'm Greg Mahachko, the host of this fine production, and joining me as always, he is our founder, the fearless leader of Coronation.com, John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing great. <laughs> it's a fine night to be alive. I can uh, tell you that. There's all sorts of things going on out there in Husker land. It is a double A-plus good situation, I'll tell you. <laughs> What are we going with first? You have notes. I, I had notes. Um, I mean, I do. 
they're all up here, which is dangerous. I want to say it's great to be back because I wasn't on last week uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it didn't work with my schedule. And two, you all were talking baseball, uh, and it turned out to be a better show without me. So, Well, I, I'm not going to say that. I would have preferred you were there. I, I want people to know, though, and you need to know this, too, is that I will probably let Aaron and Todd handle almost all the baseball stuff. I will stay. I will pay attention to baseball. But if we do baseball stuff, we're going to have to involve them just because I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to do more of the history videos for the mm -hmm. YouTube channel and do stuff like that. And it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of research. And the other thing is, is I'm trying to learn how to do some of this, you know, the video stuff. And the, the, I know how to do the research. I've been doing that for years. But it, it's just uh, that's going to take my time up. I hope I can deliver stuff there that people are interested in. Uh, but baseball does begin Friday against San Diego at 8 p.m., and I'm I am looking forward to that. We should we go over some baseball stuff real quick? I think and just a little a little refresher um, because it was it was a baseball couple of baseball heavy shows last week uh, and a little more baseball talk this past Monday. So yeah, a little refresher. Okay, well we we're gonna start against San Diego Friday night. And we have already started the season losing some players who are out for the season. And I'm trying to find his freaking list because I thought we were, I thought we'd start with basketball. I mean, but, you just but, tell uh, me what I you know, need me to do, boss. I know what uh, I know that Casey Brumba, I think, was we were expecting to be a starting outfielder is out. And uh, Peter Fromm, I believe that Aaron talked about not being able to, that he didn't see at the fan day thing on Saturday. He's out for the season. And uh, there, that's two guys that I think that we were looking for, for some production this year that are going to be starting out for the year. So that's kind of disappointing, but you know, we'll see what they do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, keep our eyes on it. I honestly think I pitched this uh, to Dylan before wrestling season because Dylan is nobody covers wrestling better than Dylan. No, That's I, true. I mean, you can specify Nebraska, but you know what he does, the, the amount of time effort, uh, the, the way he follows the sport, it's, it's tremendous. And, and I don't, he's not compensated enough. I've told him that before. <laughs> he appreciates that. Um, but I said, you know, he doesn't have the time for it, but I said, you know, in season, like a, a wrestling podcast with Dylan and Todd would be great. A baseball podcast with Aaron and Todd would be great, um, but you know they gotta, they gotta, they gotta want it. Well, know. basketball. Did you watch yes. the game? Did you watch no. the Rutgers game? You didn't. I I was working last night. You were. I'm sick, John. Hard. But I I still. You, you work too hard. I do. I really do. Um, before we talk about last night, uh, can we talk about that win against Wisconsin? There's some there's some weekend magic when Wisconsin comes to town. The the basketball game win against Wisconsin. Yeah yeah yeah. It was just this past Saturday. But was it? My when God! They, it seems it seems like years ago already. Right. Well, John, that's because you've already done a show, and well, lived lived. You've true. lived since then. I have lived since then. Uh, well, they came back from 17 down, and they uh, they probably d just destroyed or severely damaged Wisconsin's ability to get into the NCAA tournament, which I honestly, I think is hilarious. 
because whenever we cause pain to other people that make fun of us for basketball, they can just kiss my ass and feel Absolutely. bad about themselves when they lose to us. You're right. It, it, it's it's a glorious situation to uh, – look, I don't know the biggest uh, deficit that they've overcome, but historically, traditionally um, – Wisconsin basketball is, is a pretty stout program. I mean, you got to go back probably a few years, like the Bo Ryan uh, years, but but they've always they've always been, you know, upper half of the conference. And and I don't know the entire st- uh, standings. Maybe they're not there right now. But uh, just what I really like about this Nebraska team is like if you looked at them on paper with the injuries, you know, the guys they have out. They should not be playing as well as they are, nope. and I think it 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 shows a um, I don't want to say a, a strategy flip or or anything like that, but I feel like this is Fred Hoiberg's first team at Nebraska. You know, he's had standouts. You know, I mean, gosh, look at you know like Bryce McGowan and, and others. I'm not singling out Bryce, but he's had standouts. But this feels like the first team for Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska and so they rally and then you know they go on the road they go to Rutgers and they come away with a nice win uh last night um 82-72 you know it's bad enough you got to go to New Jersey if you're gonna go you better come back with a W right well, you know, I think the thing about that game is for me personally I have a hard time with basketball because I keep thinking I'd really like a good basketball team. And then I've watched the games and, and honestly it, it exhausts me because I get frustrated and I get headaches and physically it st- stresses me out. And, and then last night I was watching, I, you know, I, I looked at the score. I'm like, no, you know what I did? My wife is watching Yellowstone on the big TV and I wanted to watch the game and I kind of just pay, I was like, okay, I'll see how we're doing. And then we were like up in the late in the first half, and I thought, well, okay, I'll keep watching, and they were playing well. C.J. Welcher had a really good game, and it was nice to see him have a good game because he has not played particularly great lately shooting-wise, and he shot really well uh, against Rutgers, and that was nice to see because I think I think the key to the Nebraska team doing well is, you know, everybody knows Casey Thomas, Casey, Casey Aga is, is just scoring. and sc- the, the guy's beautiful to watch. I mean, if even if you're not a basketball fan, you should turn on the TV just to watch Tom and Aga play basketball for Nebraska, because he's a special player, just fun on the court, fun. Uh, I hope and it, that he, other it, that exudes. You know, you can you can really tell. I I hope that other fans hate his guts. I really do. I hope they look at him and go, "Man, I hate that guy as much as I had hated Brad Davison at Wisconsin for years." But I, I turned it on, and the thing about it is, is I kept expecting them to fall apart, you know, because for a long time we haven't had nice things in, in really any sport, and and they never did. They never fell apart. In fact, they got stronger as the game went on. You know, Rutgers was the one that came apart at the end of the game. They did turnovers that you wouldn't expect of a team that was trying to get into the top echelon of the Big Ten standings. And uh, it was nice to see. The best part of the game for me was when things didn't go Rutgers' way and you could hear their great displeasure from the crowd. I think that's the best part of away basketball games is how angry the crowds get when 
Like they don't feel like they get calls or they don't get, you know, the fouls or suddenly their player gets called for an offensive charge instead of a, our guy getting called for blocking. And right. it's just beautiful. I just, it just love that stuff. So, well, let's take uh, a little gander, shall we, at the, the remainder of the regular season schedule. Of course, coming off of uh, last night's 82-72 win, they have their next three games are at home. And what I like is, by and large, they're pretty well spaced out. You have this upcoming Sunday uh, is a 4 o'clock game against uh, Maryland, and that is Alumni Weekend and the Red Cross game, and it's going to be on uh, FS1, so make sure that you tune in for that. Um, or you know, the Husker radio network. Uh, then they have almost an entire week until Minnesota comes to town on Saturday, February 25th. And then it's a short turnaround to Michigan state on February 28th, that Tuesday. Uh, these following games are all in the big 10 network. And then their last and, and only remaining road game is the last game of the season. That's March 5th. It's a Sunday. It's a one o'clock tip uh, in Iowa city against the jerk eyes. So, <laughs> Um, I like this uh, uh, comment by Matt Hansen uh, a little bit ago. He says, Nebraska basketball, surprisingly bad, then surprisingly good. It does seem to be, you know, this team's MO is they, they're, I think they definitely feel they've lost some games they should have won. They've won some games maybe they shouldn't have, and then they've had some good battles uh, right there in the middle. They're 13 and 14 overall, and I just had it here a minute ago. Uh, they are... Uh, six and ten in the conference. They're going to be playing early in in uh, the conference tournament in Chicago. Um, you know they're not going to have one of those you know Thursday or Friday games. They're going to be putting in the work uh, early on. But it's there, a there it, are, it's a fun there ride. There are people there are people on Twitter putting together get to putting together scenarios where Nebraska makes the NCAA tournament. God I saw that. <laughs> they are they are dedicated. I think that's a little much. That's a little much. But uh, you know, it's it's fun to. They came together last year at the end of the year and went on a short run. So I think it's what what is probably the biggest thing that's interesting about the future for this is because of losing Bandamel and you losing Gary the starters. We've had to have put other players into the lineup, and you're getting guys' experience that you hope are going to be returning next year. Right. You know, I guess the only guy that I feel like is – well, there's two guys. Two guys that I just feel like, uh, you know, they, Breidenbach, William Bride, he just had, doesn't seem like he's improved. He seemed like he improved earlier in the season, then lately he's – I don't know if he's got confidence problems or what the deal is, but he hasn't played as well. The other guy that we haven't really seen much of is Oleg Koyanets, and I'm pronouncing his name wrong, I know. Lithuanian seven-foot guy. I want you to think about this, though. What they've said is that he, Oleg, the seven-foot guy, and Tom and Naga go at each other in practice. <laughs> and they go at each other. I think Sam Greisel said this uh, that they go at each other with, with smack talking and, you know, just just jawing at each other and everything. And I want you to think about that. Oleg hasn't seen the floor much. But Tom and Aga does not have any fear of going up against, like, Zach Eady, the seven foot four guy from Purdue. And right. he, he does really well against going up against the tall guys in the bigs. And you got to realize that he's probably gotten that much better because Oleg has been on the basketball team. 
to challenge him and to, you know, the stuff that they're doing, yelling at each other or whatever. Oh, I Somebody can should tape that. I'm sure that they're, you know, if they're swearing at each other, somebody would go, oh, this isn't, you know, sportsman. I don't know. But it'd be well, fun and, to watch. And, and, you know, something like that, though, is by and large, I mean, they're they're outsiders, you know. I mean, so there are a couple of – Fred's done a good job, and I'm going to start coughing here, man, so I apologize. <laughs> Fred's done a good job of going and finding international talent. <laughs> Oh boy, this isn't good. Oh, that's fine. I'll live, live probably, maybe, right? No, uh, no. I, I hope my point got across. But no, Fred. I think his, you know we have uh, uh, you know Japan, Lithuania, uh, the Republic of Mali, uh, Quebec. Uh, I think I mispronounced it, Mali. I don't know. Um, but you know, Elkhorn. We we have a lot of international you know, flavor on this men's basketball team. So it's, it's a, uh, you know, it, I'm excited. I, I continue to be excited for, for Fred Hoiberg's time and tenure in Nebraska. And I, I think it is on an upward trajectory. Yeah. You'd hope that he brings all these guys back next year. I mean, obviously we're going to lose uh greasel, greasel, greasel. How many ways can I pronounce his name? I hope that he brings back as many of the players that he can next year, just because they guys, they guys, they are playing better as a team than they ever have. I mean, they're, this is the best team team that we've seen, at least under Hoiberg and probably the best team team that we've seen in basketball for, I think quite a while. So. Got a, a comment here from Fred. Uh, Fred is a regular here on uh, the Five Heart Show, and I think probably on Monday nights too. <coughs> Excuse he me. He is. says, enjoying Prairie Artisan Ales Super Pistachio Brothers beer, thicker than the space between the Iowa AD's ears. It's like 10W40. Ew. That just sounds That's, gross all around. There, there, that that in, implants a mental image that I'm not comfortable with, Fred. So <laughs> I'm drinking water uh, for obvious reasons so I don't die. <laughs> there, are we done with basketball um let, let's let's round it out with a with a, a rousing and enthusiastic go big red go big red basketball yeah all right um so we found some some fun things on the internet we wanted to share this week folks <laughs> you, know, you know, I just uh, I just recently watched my first episode of Station Eleven on Amazon Prime. You know, it's another one of those TV shows where the the plant pandemic plague kills the earth and oh, everybody. Yeah, that's it's, exactly what I want to be watching right now. Yeah, it's just reminding me of this. Well, I'm not contagious, John, and besides, we're a couple states away. You never. It, that's how it starts. I'll, I'll say this. Okay, I'll say go this. with your uh, fun. Well, speaking of Amazon Prime, I'm into the second season of a show called Louder Milk that you would love. It stars okay. Ron Livingston. He is a uh, 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 he's got his five year chip for sobriety. He actually uh, hosts uh, sobriety sessions, and it's like I found 
I had no idea what it was. I found a little video on Facebook or something, and I watched it. I'm like, ha, 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 this is good. Then I sought out the show. The show is much deeper, much better than I anticipated. So uh, I encourage you, John, and anybody out there watching, not right now, but after the show or some other time, uh, Louder Milk on Prime Video. All right, John, let's, uh, we, we touched on baseball a little bit, but let's, let's see what the big boys are up to, shall we? Well, okay. All right. This is, uh, they're, they're making all kinds of preseason or offseason changes in Major League Baseball, and here is one of them. There they it is. Have, the side-by-side. Side bases. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Have... So, um, for, for those of you who are only listening to this on uh, on Friday, God dang it. <laughs> on the podcast, what we have on, on YouTube is a comparison of the new base size for Major League Baseball. And it is quite substantial. The new bases are just ginormous. They're like you could sleep on them big. And my, my other understanding is they're going to have a pitch clock now for Major League Baseball. The outfield cannot shift. And one of my favorite things that I'd like to see in college baseball is that they are going to limit how many times you can throw to first base. Uh, you know, when you're the pitcher, you can only throw to first base twice during a single at-bat. All right. I, a lot of this brings questions to mind. John, are you a baseball purist? No. All right. Uh, in the comments, you know, people who are, are watching or joining us, how many of y'all are, are baseball purists? And I mean, you know, uncork the bats, uh, you know, roll back the record books a little bit. Let's go, you know, see, I, I, I'm from the St. Louis area. I'm a Cardinals fan, and I was 16, 16 in the summer of 98, the, the big home run race and i it, you know the atmosphere was electric and i loved watching mcguire hit bombs out of bush stadium i like i like, I enjoyed watching albert pujols hit dingers uh paul goldschmidt um you know I, but give me a good one nothing or two one pitchers duel that certified pace is just <laughs> john <laughs> John, pull that one up. Uh, I can't highlight because I'm in the graphics uh, thing. But Fred, Fred with a, a, a classic uh, line here uh, regarding that base. <laughs> that Fred certi- Sacco says, I'm not a baseball purist, but that certified base is just ridiculous. We should probably tell you. That was sent out by a baseball guy on Twitter today, and all the Twitter just exploded with that. And it, it is Photoshop. That is not actually what the base looks like. It's, it is a bigger base. They will have bigger bases, but I mean, people went bananas with this tweet, and it was hilarious. It's so hilarious that now Twitter has this little warning on it that it's a fake news thing, and it's <laughs> it, people, it, people got really upset with this guy. It was the, the thread on Twitter. Twitter is absolutely joyful. Uh, there you go. That was no, that was good. Um, but I, I do, I like mental baseball as much as I like, probably more than I like physical baseball. Let me explain. I like it when I, I do. I, I like a true pitcher's duel. You know, uh, if if two pitchers went into the ninth inning and it's just a classic and and you know their you know, defense is playing great behind them and and they're not allowing um 
uh, you know, any guys really on base. That is really exciting because then it becomes strange. Like, how are you going to beat this guy? Um, and, and I say this a, a little more laissez-faire than intended, but, you know, like any anybody can hit a home run, right? I mean, it used to be where it was like the, the infield corners were hitting bombs, like, you know, primarily first baseman. But now you've got you know, like shortstops and – and left fielders, maybe left fielders, like yeah, middle infielders. The the you know traditionally the the smaller, quicker guys who were going yard, you know, as often. And it's, I mean, I, I guess for some people it's more exciting. But you know, I'm old, so I I just you know give me a, give me a nice give me a nice pitchers duel. No. You know, get, get, give me somebody that you know give me give me a couple pitchers who are just really on their game. You know, like give give me. And, and I'm I'm gonna pick two names here, and I apologize. I'm not trying to, um, you know, make anybody upset by the names I pick. But like, give me like Max uh, Serger, Serger, Scherzer, and and uh, Clayton Kershaw just at at their peak. I don't know, um, Fred. You know what? I I I hate pitchers duels. I hate them with a passion. Because they're not sh- exciting. No, I shot more baseball than probably any other sport that I did because baseball plays more games. Right. And the, when you have a pitcher's duel, there's nothing to shoot. You get no plays at the plate. You get no plays at any base. There, you literally stand there and watch the game, and you've, you've taken 83,000 photos of the the pitcher with whatever moves he's making, and you're like, oh, my God, please. I shot the 2018 College World Series. There was not one – I don't know how many games I was at. There was not one single play at the plate. None. Sorry, John. Yeah. It's not. I mean, that's not as common anymore. No. Because everybody's like, – People like scoring. Right. They hate soccer because there's no scoring. You know why I love soccer, though, John? Why do you love soccer? No commercials. <laughs> um, you know, there is Nebraska football news. Yeah, but we're not to talk about baseball yet. No, we're not there yet. Okay. John, we're only 26 minutes into this show. Come <laughs> oh on. Oh, my now. God. We're not even to 9 o'clock. we got to save something for the late arrivals. Okay. Uh, um, let's talk about that. Uh, both the uh, the pitch clock and limiting the number of times you can throw over to first. Both designed to speed up the game. Yes. But, and look, again, I get it. They're trying to get more butts and seats. They're trying to get more, um, you know, viewers, more ratings, things like that. But I don't think that's drawing in new viewers, new fans. I don't think there's anything exciting about that. Look, do I get frustrated by five, six straight throws over to first? Yeah, but you never know what time you're going to catch that guy sleeping. No, or, come, on, or, come on, come on, come on. Excuse it, me. Or yeah, this is no, this no, is, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. I, I, I have a backside of that. You never know when the pitcher is going to make a mistake and sail it over the first baseman's head. You're limiting. Look, it, it's like we talked about this during football season, right? If if our defense is keeping their offense out for a, a long drive um, where, you know, they're going 12, 13, 14, 15 plays, that's 15 opportunities to make a mistake. Now, granted, you look at the season and that didn't very ha- happen very often. But if if they, you know, quick strike score, 
there's no mistake. I'm just saying, I, w- I want more mistakes. I want more uh, of a humanity, a, a human side. You know, I, w- I want that human element of error in there. Don't don't change the national pastime, John. You can't do that. Okay. You can't. You, sh- you okay. shouldn't be able to do yeah, that without base- a, a, an, an order from Congress. Baseball. Okay, let's examine the NFL. Let's say ten years ago. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Thank you. Yeah. Now you're going to see what you did. Let's look at the NFL 10 years ago. The NFL 10 years ago was boring as hell. Nobody could score. All the coaches ran the same offense. They all pretended like it was different because they all have, you know, they, they what they do is the NFL, or at least they did, and they still do this a lot, is they take the same freaking plays and everybody has different, different nomenclature for them, different names. So when you take a quarterback from one team and put him on another, he has to learn completely new term- terminology because the coaches are a bunch of arrogant pricks. It's really what it is. Okay. They knew that the game was getting boring. They knew that it was unexciting. So what they do? They changed the rules. They took the, the easy three-yard kick, and they moved it back to make it 18 yards or whatever it is. They also changed all of the rules so the defense basically can't hardly play defense at all, which has led to massive shit tons of scoring, which people love. They love scoring. Do they? Yes, they do. John. They do. John. What? Let me just say, as a married man, I love scoring as much as the next <laughs> yeah. guy. So you got but my hair all going funky. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> then, then I think this is going to, you know, start another d- debate or another side of the debate. Then you almost have to have two different record books, right? You have to have the, you know, when quarterbacks got to get hit and defense got to play defense record book and then you have uh the 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 post tom brady you know uh all the quarterbacks are cupcakes don't touch them uh rule uh, record book that's what you gotta have because no. No. You, you, don't you tell you say you can't say no to that i guess i can no you can you change the rules you gotta change you, you you've got to start putting back some of these records we haven't I'm saying we should. This is this has been going on for years. Listen, college football for years did not track statistics in bowl games, and then they all decided, hmm, nobody's breaking as many records. If we start tracking statistics in bowl games, we'll get more pers- we'll get more PR, we'll get more you know marketing, we'll get more attention out of uh, Bob Jones bro- broke the single season rushing record. That's how it works. They just, oh, now they're playing 17 games in the NFL. They're not going to put little asterisks by things. They're just going to go, oh, look, Tom Brady broke the giant record of whatever it was. That's just, that's how it goes. And by the way, in baseball, college baseball has had a pitch clock for a very long time. I think it's a good idea. I don't want to watch a pitcher stand out there and do this 83 times. Or walk around in circles, walk up to the mail, walk off the mail, call his girlfriend, order pizza, cook a pilaf. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to. That's not what I want. I, I don't watch baseball. I don't even usually watch Nebraska baseball, unless it's on a, like BTN or a good, you know, p- good production of it. Uh, because I like listening to the baseball pro, uh, our baseball team on radio. I think the radio guys do a very good job, but. The game needs to speed up. You can't you can't just have four hour games. 
Fred Sacco says, nah, I'd rather watch football where a team can play defense. You know, they do play defense. They just don't play the defense they, they could don't, before. That, listen, the, the rules are completely skewed against the defense. You have targeting. You never get called targeting on offense. Uh, when you watch the NFL, oh, my God, you get you get holding calls all the time, especially in the defensive secondary. And if you're the Kansas That's, City Chiefs, you just get them whenever you want. I'm so glad we got that brought back up. Yeah, the NFL's rigged. They have <laughs> – Try to try to phrase this uh, delicately, I suppose. The NFL has their poster child. Used to be Tom Brady, now it's Patrick Mahomes, and they will do anything to elevate and protect that poster child and make him look good. Well, you know he is fun to watch. You I mean, the quarterbacks now are are just amazing, and the NFL has become the NFL has become a much more exciting sport, I think, than it was ten years ago when everybody was running some version of the West Coast offense or the traditional boring ass offense. You know, now they're running far more spreads. Uh, you know, it's it's fun. Uh, Fred says that. Uh oh, John's about to flying salami brothers this show. That's right. I'm. I don't have my helmet, but I should get it. Uh, I'm going to need some protection here. And I think let's move on with this one from Dondre, who says, as time moves on, sports change. Which is the opposite of what James Earl Jones says in Field of Dreams. Well, that was a movie. Come on now, John. It's the best baseball movie of all time. It probably is. Any uh, what, real quick about, in the comments? Go ahead. Eight men out. No, not for me. I mean, I, <laughs> no, that that was uh, that, that was a bit more dismissive than I intended it to be. Um, the Natural is a great yeah. one. I'm a big fan of The Natural and Bull Durham. uh, Durham's good. Is that the one with Wild Thing? Uh, that's uh, that Major, Major League. League. Yeah. Yeah. John, I just want to know, you make my heart sing. <laughs> I have the glasses, don't I? I just you make everything <laughs> groovy. All right, let's uh, let's move. John, there's some football news. There is. Okay. What is it? Take us to it. What? I thought you had the football news. <laughs> no. I, um, I, I, whoa. Who's, who's talking, you or me? <laughs> if you can talk, go ahead and talk. I'm, I'm curious as to know if, if my football news is going to be the same as your football news. Go ahead with your football news. Let's find out. Uh, I think it was uh, the Nebraska 247 guy with his crystal ball. Oh, yeah? Seems to think that Dylan Rayola is coming to Nebraska. That's what I've. That's what he says. Okay. I, I, I did that YouTube video and I've gotten I've gotten emails from people that uh, one of them said that my video was clickbait and you know what he was partially right because uh, you go out to YouTube I'll, I'll just admit this what I'm doing on YouTube I'm trying to grow on YouTube uh, but what you do is you look out the keywords and you go okay people are looking for this news and then you go out and you go I should do a video about that plus honestly I wanted to know what other people thought about it. Yeah, well, I'll tell I you think, what Beetle B says about it. It's yeah, fake news. Yeah, fake news. I think I I got a lot of people saying that that he's not coming here. He's just trying to make his dad happy. 
And I think that, you know, there's two things, two things people don't realize that are very nuancy about this recruiting process with Dylan Royola. Is, is it true he could go to USC and make a ton more money? No. No, it isn't true. <laughs> because I, I would say that Nebraska's nil collective could probably match anything USC's going to do or match anything Georgia's going to do. And you go, know. well, when he goes to the NFL, he'll make X. And Nebraska hasn't put anybody in the NFL. Well, there's a new cowboy in town. I realize he hasn't proved anything yet. But, you know, you have the nil things going on, which is a nuance, that Nebraska could come up with more money than either of those schools. We don't know that. And secondly, it went right off the top of my head. Oh, my God. Uh, let's say he's going to go to Georgia or he's going to go to USC. Who are they recruiting for quarterbacks in the same class as Dylan Rayola? Every other top quarterback? Well, we might. They might. We don't know. I, but they, Georgia has been recruiting some other guys. So if Nebraska is only going to recruit one quarterback in the 2024 cycle, because they always have already have 83 of them, uh, you know, that's a big factor probably going to Nebraska for Dylan Rayola. So I get when people say, oh, he's just trying to make his brother, his dad happy, and he's just, you know, he's just trying to do the Husker legacy thing. Well, he might be. I guess we've got a well, and we're going to see what happens. I mean, if I was Dylan Royal, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably maybe commit to somebody and then I'd kind of wait until football season came around because you can always, you know, at the last moment sign with somebody else and break everybody's hearts. Yeah, that's happened before. But I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to run back to that USC. Can, can he make more at USC? I would venture to say there's always that possibility. And I'll tell you why. Let's not forget, USC is still running around with that $500,000 uh, check that Lori Laughlin stroked him a few years back. Uh, so they wow. got that sweet, sweet Aunt Becky money. So uh, let's see what uh, Fred says. He says, bite your tongue, John. Matt Rule has proven it all. He smites Hawkeyes with fire from his arse. He is all things to all men and one lucky lady. That guy is really good with the lines. I'm not going to lie. I want to see that. I, I want to see, you know, an image an artist workup of Matt Rule on a horse with a sword and like a scroll that has in that old old English style font, he smites Hawkeyes with fire from his arse. He is all things to all men and one lucky lady. Terrible, oh. just terrible, says, I think a bigger factor is that Jeff Munkin is off to the NFL as the Ravens or offensive coordinator. Is it Jeff Monken or Todd Monken? It's one of the Monkins. I can never keep them straight. But I think I, that is a big factor of, you know, you don't know what George is going to do without their main offensive coordinator coming back next year either. So I, we'll just wait and see what happens with Dylan Rayola. Well, I don't have any fun graphics for this, but I thought it'd be interesting to um, jump into a, a bit more speculation. Yes, sir. I do have other football news. Okay, well, we'll get to it. Okay. Write it down so we don't forget. All right, it's up in front of my face. Okay, perfect. Um, but on Facebook, on your Facebook post about Dylan Rayola, uh, Randy Sump, he's probably not watching, uh, says he's coming and it could cause an avalanche in recruiting. Let's talk about that, that that Dylan Rayola effect of of dominoes falling into place for Nebraska. Well, I think you, you see it at Ohio State. 
I mean, the Ohio State for how many years has just gotten quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, you know? And they've had them on their depth charts where they've had three or four, four or five string quarterback recruits. And what's happened to their team? Well, you end up getting the best receiving recruits, you know? So it automatically brings other players, I think, into your program that are going to bring it up the rest of the notches you want it to do. Do you want it to go up? That was bad English. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Do it, I want it, it to go up? Yes. It's, it's a big ripple in a, in a pond, and um, everybody, that's a cheesy, horrible analogy. My God. People will notice, and they will want to go to Nebraska. Now, obviously, you have to have the rest of the pieces in place. You know, like our offensive line has to improve. Uh, the other rule at Brayola has to work out as an offensive line coach. You know, stuff like that. The defensive coach has to be a decent coordinator. Dondre says that Matt Rule is Braveheart. William Wallace. And for that, I'm trying to think of, of a way. Uh, let see. You can, what, what does it say? You could take my life, but you can never take my freedom? I think that it's they, been a, they, the lords took their wives on their wedding night because that was... No, that's little... Prima Noctra. Yeah, that's... Okay. Um, you know the fancy term. I do. Come on, John. Are we, uh, I'm old school. I told you that. There, there, never mind. Uh, <laughs> better be careful. <laughs> no... Um, but when, uh, I, I, before he dies, like in the movie, uh, before uh, William Wallace dies, okay. uh, he, he shouts freedom. Right, right. And I'm just trying to figure out what Matt rule would, would shout. Um, he walks. <laughs> <laughs> he would shout go big red really slowly like that. Go. Yeah. And then everybody else, all the spectators would be like, go Big Red. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, all right. James Marshall checking in for what may be the first time of the uh, of the night. Um, says the rule could be too polished to fit in. What's nice to the ears now will quickly sound disingenuous if the losses mount. Interesting take. That is true. From a pessimist. Wow. Just shooting right at James. Come on. But he, he's right, you know. I mean, he the guy has said all the right things, and if he doesn't, you know what, Greg? If he doesn't follow through on the fullback, I know there you, will be hell to pay. There will be bad things happening. John, we have some more graphics to share with the good people. Okay. Uh, both of these from the same source. Uh, if you are familiar uh, on Twitter, there's an account over there that just likes to stir the pot. They're very good at it. Very good at it. in an entertaining uh, way, I think. Like, it, there's no, you know, they, they don't hate anybody. They poke fun at everybody. So it's it's a lot of fun. Big Game Boomer uh, is the Twitter account. And this first one we're going to share with you is fan bases that think they'll win a national championship every offseason. And you see who's number three on that bottom row. That's us. <laughs> It's true. I mean, Big Game Boomer does a damn good job of always including Nebraska in their stuff because they know people will respond. 
I think that honestly that, you know, people can always, I get emails and I the YouTube comments and the comments. Uh, well, I get a lot of stuff back about how Nebraska is living in the nineties. I don't know any Nebraska fans that live in the nineties, but everybody, no. you know, everybody else looks at it and goes, Oh, you're still living in the nineties. Okay. Cause we want to win and we don't want to just settle for our, some pittance in life. I think I, guess, I think there's a I, there's a big difference in in my opinion of having the mentality of golly gee I sure do wish we were as successful as we were in the '90s to you know uh, saying well we were we were really great last year by golly 1997 that was a fun year of football you know like there and, and that's not the best way to phrase it but you know what I mean like there are people I think who you know rose I don't want to say rose colored glasses but um, conveniently forgetful about the last 25 years of Nebraska football, and so the only foot, the only Husker football they talk about are, you know, the 90s and the national championships. I do believe that there are those people, none of our uh, viewers, because all of our viewers are smart. <laughs> um, but I, I think by and large, you you talk with you talk with most of us, and we're gonna. We're going to be more along this category. And this is another one from Big Game Boomer that says, one school that every college fan base hates the most. And I can't highlight it in any way. But right there, uh, the fourth, I guess if you look at it in pairs, the third column down, it says Nebraska is the school and the fan base, uh, the the fan base that we hate or, or is ourselves. We're not... We're not very charitable, John, to oh, one another. In, in, that's in, true. In, and that's, a, that's, I guess, the irony of, you know, the, the greatest fans in college football, you know, the, the slogan above the, the entryways. Um, and unless they're a Hawkeye fan, I think most people leave Memorial Stadium feeling very uh, well looked after, you know, treated very well. But because of 25 years of inconsistency of you know look at however many years has been now since we went to a bowl game of of lack of success there's so much infighting in the fan base that it's gonna take time for these wounds to heal it really will um that that that's why there's john and todd's monday night therapy yeah uh you know <laughs> that like we're here uh, i i talk Husker athletics with, you know, like a lot of my friends, let's, let's talk about friend of the show, Josh, you know, I, I, I talk with him every day and a lot of it is, is about what's going on in the football program, but I also need this outlet, you know, to, to, and, and I visit with you, um, and, and all the good folks here on, on, uh, the stream, because this is therapy for me, you is know, it? like, Yeah. I don't get invited to the Monday night show, and that's fine. I'm busy anyway. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this is you know win or lose in in a in a football season. You know I, I look forward to these shows. Um, I kick myself that in the early goings of the Five Heart Podcast, uh, Brian and I would take some weeks off, not during the season because you know we're we're not masochists. Um, but in the off season, we took we took some time off just because. Life was getting kind of crazy for us both, and but I, I really do look forward to coming out here 
every week visiting with you and, and you know, Haas when he's available or Todd uh, and then everybody on the stream because this is it's a great community, John, that you that you've built for us here. Uh, and we I know it's tough at times. There's there's always arguing. There's um, because we're all family, you know, and, and no family gets along 100 percent of the time. All you know, and and hundred percent getting along. So especially when things are bleak. I mean, even when we win, they're still fighting. Like we didn't win by enough, or you know, <laughs> something like that. So uh, there's always going to be a little bit of that infighting. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade this group of people for the world, because being a Husker fan is, is it, it's part of my identity. And that, that's not something I would have said 20 years ago when I was not yet living in Nebraska. So I want to thank everybody. I know I, I do that a lot. I get a little emotional sometimes. And maybe it's because I've been sick and I feel like I've been on death's door. <coughs> um, but I, I really do appreciate everybody. Uh, but we have some work to do. We really do. Matt Hansen says, what's the deal with all the infighting, in your opinion? Same. Uh, uh it's the same in, in Nebraska athletics as it is in politics and religion. Everybody thinks that their answer, uh, the it, the way that they, not to say fan, but but you know the problems that they see or, or the solutions that they have in mind uh, are the best ones, and yeah, that's not always the case. Um, that that's that's my answer, John. I don't know if you have a different one. Well, number one, I think a Nebraska football is something we all love and we all care about. And when we love something and care about it, we get emotional by, uh, emotional about it, no matter how it's going. You got those family, you got people like me that grew up in a family where we are constantly challenging each other. And sometimes that leads to emotional outbursts. Uh, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. My mother had her own issues. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's constant conflict that just feels like old home week to me. So sometimes it wears me out. Sometimes I enjoy it. But, but I want to read you a piece because my next video is actually, her uh, history video is on the foundations of American football. I'm excited and, for this, John. I love your I, history I videos. To, I, I, I appreciate it. I'm looking for the sneak peek. Thank you. I am going to read you a piece from an article from the uh Princeton-Yale game of 1881. And, oh, my God, I just lost it. Okay, here's the thing. Here's what this piece says. This is, I think, uh, I can't remember what newspaper it is. I have to write that down. But it basically talks about how the 11s came to the field. And after the 11s came to the field, the game started. And 11, you know, 11 striped young gentlemen came out with an egg-shaped object, which they fondled a few moments, while scientific freshmen and sophomores ran across the field and gave advice to the players. This is one of the features of the game. Get that line. This is one of the features of the game from 1881. If the advices of the other students were all followed, the ball would be simultaneously held, passed, kicked, down, touched. And in every case, basically the implication is that the offense would score in three minutes, which in those days would be like lightning speed. So basically what the guy is saying in 1881, 
They didn't even know what football was, most of these people. And they were still yelling advice about what should be going on on the field. So that this is a feature of the game. This is how it goes. If you have a caring fan base, they're going to be like this. Yeah. And I guess I always I, I've asked people this over the years. You know, they're always about, well, this will unite the fan base. Well, what do we care? Why do we care if the fan base is united? I mean, I, I look at it and I go, it's more fun for not necessarily angry arguing, but we recognize that we have different viewpoints and we can discuss them like civil people, which, you know, that's where the fun is for me. I mean, I go out, put this way, I go out on Twitter sometimes and I just throw grenades all over the place and then I leave. Yes, you do. It's hilarious. Yeah, and that's that's what I do. So I guess that, you know, some of the arguing and some of the fighting is fun for me. Uh, okay. There is more. But what, I just I just Matt, Matt says if they keep Little Red, they should add a mammoth mascot and go mammoths. And then, Don, I appreciate you greatly. It says, John, you should invite Greg on Monday night show, even if he cannot come. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I appreciate that, Don. I do. Um, but uh, I, I think everybody will get tired of me. See, everybody loves John. John's universally beloved by, you know, the, the Coronation uh, family here. I'm not there yet. I got I got some years to go. So, But I appreciate you believing in me, Don. There's There's two more newsy things. Okay. Adam Carricker tonight announced on Twitter and on Facebook that he's no longer with the Omaha World Herald. So that's kind of news. I I think Adam does a really good shot job with his, his gut reaction stuff and his commentary. I think he's one of the few football players that was really honest as possible about what was going on, you know, toward the end of the last regime. So uh, yeah, I hope he keeps doing it. He could monetize his stuff really quickly and build his own empire on YouTube. And, you know, he could do the same stuff without the Omaha World Herald. So I don't know. I'll probably go send him a message to see what he's up to. The other news is that there is already attrition starting. Oh, no. Oh, excuse me. Okay. So today, two scholarship players. Uh, the Nebraska media guys were talking about two scholarship players that have already left. Alante Brown and Hunter Anthony. Wow. If you know, if you know and then a number of scholarship players or walk-ons and probably the most notable walk-on is Jarrett Sinek who played quarterback. But, uh, you know, Alante Brown was probably one of our more productive receivers in terms of returning production. And, and I'll say this, uh, not only that, but I still feel like a, as productive as he was last year, he was still underutilized. Yeah. But I think everything was mismanaged, so. Yeah. Uh, but Hunter Anthony was uh, the tra- guy that transferred in, I think, from Oklahoma State off the top of my yes, head. Yes, sir. That is correct. And, and he didn't really play a lot, and our tackles were terrible, and he he really didn't do anything. So uh, everything yeah, I, I hear – Everything I'm hearing about what's going on with the winter conditioning stuff is that uh, basically there is a, a number of players that are like, I'm just not going to do this. Mm. So I did the 90s video, and I in that I pointed out, you know, with Paul Cook's books, I pointed out that Boyd Epley got up in front of everybody and made every, everybody had to commit to being wanting to be there. 
and now it seems like maybe something like that similar has happened now where i mean you have we have too many scholarship players and you have too many walk-on players and they have to reduce the walk-on program anyway so i you know I guess for me, I look at this and you go, a lot of people who have the attitude to go, well, they'll get rid of the scholarship players throughout the spring. You know, I am an IT consultant. I have worked for crap tons of organizations. And in a lot of cases, I worked at the executive level people. And when those people are new, they came in. You know, they came in new. They didn't say, oh, we're going to wait three months to see who wants to be here and who doesn't. No, they did that immediately. They would walk into a place and say, you know what, if you're not punching in the time clock like you're supposed to, you're fired. If you're taking this, 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 they made sometimes, honestly, they made stupid, ridiculous rules. Mm. But they made sure that people knew that they were serious about being there, that they were serious about performance. Quite frankly, sometimes they were assholes. But uh, if you're going to get attrition in a program and get the people who you want to be there and the people who separated from the people who don't care to be there, you do it now. You don't just like go, oh, you guys can hang around till spring football so we can waste our time coaching you right, and right. then decide later. They're going well, to do but, this, do it now. Not only that, but like, let's say somebody like Alante Brown, I, I'm sad to see him go, uh, yeah. but, but he would have taken reps away from somebody else who, you know, would need those reps. So, yeah, get, I know we'll definitely see more attrition after spring, but anybody that wants to go uh, needs to go, you know, and do it before. Um, I was going to say, I've heard, I've heard of those tactics before. You know, like the, you give them a ridiculous uh, task to to achieve just to make sure that they're fully on board, you know. Um, and it's not hazing. It's not, you know, anything illegal or illicit. It's just, hey, look. This is this is how we're doing things around here, and there might be one oddball thing. People might look at me like I don't know why I need to do that, but when you when you fulfill that act, then it shows you're fully committed. Uh, Matt Hansen says so. They're lifting weights. My understanding is uh, they're doing they're probably doing a little bit more than lifting weights. Uh, I think that's the main. They're basically. I'm guessing, you know, given what we know about the previous dysfunction of the previous staff, uh, it's like my rotten son said to me tonight at dinner. Uh Uh-oh. He looked at me and I said, yeah, they're starting attrition in a Nebraska football program. And my son said, oh, what are they expecting people to actually show up and do stuff? (laughs) But I was like, well, I guess that probably could do it if you got used to the previous guys that didn't make you do that religiously right like religiously and emphasized and you suddenly have to now and you're under a real football coach who says uh, you're going to do this or you're not here or you're going to be more miserable because we're going to add more then i think you can make your decisions pretty quickly about where this is going to go and where you're going to be i want to uh, with your permission job back up a little bit when we were talking about a divided house so to speak and fred says that uh in his opinion he doesn't think the fan base is as divided as it has been in the past now he says post callahan but he he meant in a follow-up uh, message or follow comment he said post solich firing then bose firing he said it felt worse back then 
do you think that we're all just kind of miserable together? I think this entire fan base, with a very few outliers, realized just how bad the last coach was. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really kind of sad, but I think that how horrible he was, United is probably closer than we've been in a while. I, here's, a, here's a line I tell the people. I used to tell my Boy Scouts this, and, and it's true about human nature. You can take 15 people and stick them in a room and just let them be in that room for two hours, and they won't always pick a leader, but they'll always pick the person they don't like. And, I, and then I would go into some life lesson with the young kids out in the middle of the woods. And, you know, and then I'd ask them, who would you eat first? And then we'd have this long discussion about survival. And, you know, the are you talking about like the- Lord of the Flies? <laughs> I taught survival to Boy Scouts. OK. And one of the things I did actually ask on Boy Scout campouts was they'd be sitting around talking and just out of the blue, I'd say, so who would you eat first? And they all kind of, what? And I go, no, I seriously, out of this group, who would you eat first? And I wouldn't let them answer because they're always going to pick the nerdy kid. And then I'd point out, oh, great, you picked the only kid that can tie a bowline. That's His the name is Piggy? Know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, you know, that's kind of the lesson of the Lord of the Flies in a lot of ways. But, you know, so, that, that's the thing about the last coach is he has united us in uh, our disgust with what happened. So, you know, even as a bad example, I guess you can still be of some value. Did you know they made a Lord of the Flies movie? I don't remember it. Um, it Well, I think they made a couple. The first one, I remember watching this when I was a kid. And I'll never forget, I don't know why it, it came on, uh, but Lord of the, this one was from 1963. Oh, okay. And... Uh, I'll never forget to this day I can still visualize when they threw the boulder or the big rock down and killed Piggy. I didn't read the book till college. Oh my god. I, I had to read it. In fact, I wonder. Hang tight, John. Keep talking. Oh my god. You're not going to go find the Lord of the Flies book, are you? We started out with George Orwell. Now we're going to the Lord of the Flies. Okay. James Marshall says, it could be worse. Dion already looks disingenuous before a snap has transpired. You know, I haven't been paying that close to Dion, but uh, I don't know what he's got going for a team out there or not, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, (laughs) AJ Racing 90 says, I think I watched it in English class. I don't remember. I don't. One of the things that happened when I died and I lost a lot of my memories is I lost a lot of movie memory. So I'm. I think I've watched a lot more movies than I remember watching. That, Greg, it's okay. I'm back. Uh, okay. I know I have it. I just don't have it here. <laughs> I kept. I kept a lot of those books uh, somewhere in in my garage. Probably is uh, the the book of. Uh, English literature that I had in sophomore year of college, something like that. It's a book by this thick. Yeah, I, John, I'm, a, I'm 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 smarter than I look. <laughs> 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 I 
Oh, we've killed him. So I what what else we got going on? What else is going on? Uh, Forrest asked one question earlier. I know we've discussed in the past, but uh, he says, did we talk about the battle for a QB1 yet? Uh, CT11 versus Sims? Fire. Uh, not really. I mean, there's not much to talk about. Casey Thompson is... Uh, somebody in our Slack room said they were at something where Casey Thompson was talking, and he said that he had a torn labrum after the Oklahoma game, and he still played. I don't know what a labrum is. I think it's up in your – I'm not – you know, anatomy was not, is probably the weakest point of me. But I think your labrum's like up in your shoulders, isn't it? Yeah, so the labrum is a rim of soft tissue or fibrous cartilage that surrounds the socket of the ball and socket joint to make it more stable. <laughs> well, that sounds like if you tore that as the quarterback, it would be horrible. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, and he still played, so. But uh, a labral tear can heal on its own without surgery. Uh, for non-athletes, treatment can often be anti-inflammatory medication, injections, and physical therapy. If you are an athlete looking to get back on the field, your best option will be surgery. <sighs> so, okay, Casey Thompson versus uh, Sims. I imagine we're going to know more of spring approaches. Sims is going to be around, my understanding is, for spring. Uh, Casey Thompson's going to be recovering until fall. I guess, you know, I've seen Casey Thompson play for a Nebraska team, and I think he's a good quarterback. And I mm -hmm. guess I think he'll be the starter until he's not the starter. I think he just he reads the field well. I think he throws a decent ball. I don't think he's, you know, is he the top elite five-star quarterback of the world? Probably not, but I think he's pretty, uh, pretty damn good, you know. I I think you hit the nail on the head. I think as the incumbent, even under a former, you know, head coach and former system, I do think it is, it's his job until it's not. Yeah. Oh, Fred. You know, Fred, we 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 can't. We can't always share all of your comments, <laughs> but just so you know, we're reading and we're chuckling. John's very chuckling. Um, all right. Speaking of John, uh, do we have anything else? I don't know if we do. Okay. Well, I've already taken my medication. <laughs> what does that mean? It means I don't know how much longer I've got. I took the nighttime <laughs> stuff. Oh, um, so you're just uh, you're stoning yourself out. I'm I'm doing it. It I I it's here. Like the cough is here, but it it's in the sinuses. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. So um, I'm just trying to dry out, man. I just trying to dry out. Dry January, man. It's leading into February, man. Got to get dry. Well, let's see, baseball starts. The women played tonight. I don't know how they did. I, I didn't. I, I'm I, on it. I, yeah, the women you just, played Minnesota, and they, they. I we. Oh, they lost to. They lost. They lost by three, ninety-five to ninety-two. No defense. It's like the NBA out there, more scoring than the WNBA. Wow. Okay, so that happened. Well, that's that. That's a very minimal reaction. I was. I was really hoping for more. Well, I want the women's basketball team to do well, but I, you know, Jill handles that. There's so many sports I can't track them all. 
I'm too busy looking up articles from 1881. <laughs> Vince Watson asks, is Allen expected to be back for spring? AJ Allen, I think so. I think so, I too. Know. We will know more about this as time progresses. Uh, let's see. Baseball starts. I'm sure we're going to see more and more nu- nutrition. More and more attrition of the Nebraska or the Nebraska football players as they leave. Keep in mind, we had a huge walk-on program, and and here's what I want you to do: when you see players leaving, don't do this thing about what you wonder what's going on over there. We have to clear some of this roster. In fact, we right. have to clear quite a bit of it. Uh, so you know, don't be surprised by it. Uh, we're gonna you know come. I think come fall we'll be fielding a football team. <laughs> yep, I'm sure we will. There's too much money invested to not field a football team, even if it's 11 guys. They're playing every position, every every uh, play. No, I, you're right. And I think what Matt rules, he's got the tough job of whittling down the kind of uh, overstuffed, uh, over overinflated roster that you know that he was handed. Yeah. Uh, because let's not forget that that HCSFs. Uh, uh, motto was quantity, not quality. Man, and I don't mean that disparagingly to any of of the young men that that played over the last four years. It's just, hey, let's get 125 guys in here, and then we'll sort it out. The problem is, again, development. You get 125 guys in there who were all great at the high school level, or if they're coming from a JUCO or a transfer or something like that, but they're not. They weren't getting any better. By and large. So. All right. Uh, last one here from James, I think. Did Frost learn anything? He learned you can build, buy a house and pay cash. Yeah. I don't know. I You know, time will tell what happens with him as the future goes on. I, I th- Exactly right. I think it's, it's too short after... Uh, his dismissal after he's been away from the game, I think where he goes next and how he performs will tell if he learned anything from the the failed Nebraska experiment. I guess the only thing I'll say about this is this. Everything that indicates what happened with him boils down to the word hubris. And I guess in my life experience, people who are like that, they have to look at themselves in order to change or in order to learn anything at all. And what we saw throughout his entire tenure was the willingness to blame everybody else but him for his problems, for problems that he was responsible for and accountable for. And until he learns that or accepts the idea that he probably was the cause of most of what happened, uh, did he learn anything? No. He didn't learn a damn thing. So, Can, um, can I ask a question? Well, you just did. Okay, I'm going to ask another question. Okay. Jackass. <laughs> Let's say in the year or two, the Scott Frost Redemption Tour begins, and he goes, uh, you know, goes somewhere else and, and, you know, starts building back up. Is there ever a world where Scott Frost will be celebrated again in Nebraska? I'd like to think the Nebraska fans – I well, I th- like to think this is true of most human beings, which is probably 
really asking too much, but I would like to think that we just don't hold grudges. That we just, you know, here's the thing that I've learned about having a brain injury. This is the brain injury part of the program. Uh, everything about my brain injury causes fatigue, okay? So dealing with stress, dealing with tension, dealing with anger, especially, uh, it exhausts you. And you don't notice it until you have a problem like that or you deal with the trauma. But being angry and being upset about stuff really just sucks the life out of you. And I think you recognize it more, like I said, if you go through a trauma or you just flat out get older, which is probably why people get softer when they get older. They just don't have the energy to put up with all the shit anymore. So I guess I think you could still look at him and recognize you know, he did help win us a national title in 1997. He was a big part of the program then. I don't think you have to hold the thing against him forever. I, you know, I'll tr do my best to just let let everything go. Uh, <laughs> might take a while, <laughs> but you know, I would hope that I, you know, someday, I, I guess we're gonna have to see what happens. You know, and I think a large part of that is gonna be about Scott Frost is. You know, does he come back into coaching? Does he, you know, go someplace? And, you know, if he wants to go coach, I hope he does well. I don't have anything against him. I just really don't want him involved in anything in Nebraska. So that's probably the end of that little monologue, soliloquy, whatever you call it. Fred Sacco says, remembered as a great player, and we just block out the rest. You know, that's, yeah. That that would you know what that would be best that would be best for us to not carry that anger around in us and this is where the therapy part comes in to just not carry that with us because there's it doesn't do us any good all it does is wear us out and then we carry it on and we afflict it on the next human being we run into okay Gavin Stutler says men get softer as they age because of testosterone issues. Many men cry like old ladies because of low T. Um, well, I cry like I cried with like an old lady a lot more than I used to, probably because of the brain injury. The emotions are much closer to the surface than they've ever been. Okay, that's it. Hey, we don't hawk testosterone supplements around here. All right, we hawk blue chew. All right. <laughs> if men are getting softer as they age. Okay. Okay. All right. Moving. What on. did you take? What did you take? Uh, Mucinex, night. Oh, I don't even know what that is. It's just a cough and cold and flu type of thing. It's a decongestant. It's a cough suppressant. It's a set of. It's a set to. It's Tylenol, uh, and it's something else. So, I well, I'm not gonna get into it, but let's just say there were times. Uh, a couple of days ago where I was blowing my nose for three minutes straight and stuff was still coming out. Dude, you don't, I work in IT for a reason. And the reason is, is I never want to hear about other people's bodily fluids for God's sakes. <laughs> James Marshall says men get weak due to low expectations. Wow. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> okay. Well now I am going to go cry. <laughs> 
All right, that is it. Uh, hey, look, we get to end the show by making John laugh, and that makes me happy. And uh, what else makes me happy is seeing all of you bright, smiling. Uh, to quote REM from that song of theirs, shiny, happy people uh, every week. I missed you all last week, but I, I'm glad we had a baseball show to uh, uh, supplement and, and keep the five-heart streak alive. Uh, John and I are going to have to do a little figuring because at the end of March, I'm going to be out of town and I'm not taking my computer with me. So I don't know what we're going to do then, but we got a few weeks to figure that one out. But in the meantime, we thank you all uh, for joining us for another great five heart, uh, podcast slash show once again here on, uh, Twitter, not really, but mostly Facebook and YouTube. We thank you uh, so much. We appreciate you for the man upstairs. And for John Johnston, uh, I'm Greg Mahochko. This is the Five Heart Podcast. We remind you each and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red Nebraska Ball. Good night, everybody. Good night.